Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of 10 Points of Slashing with the boys. Uh, I'm SJ. I'm Matthew. And we're the boys. We are the boys. Not the boys TM, because that's Amazon and they'll sue us. But oh, we're, we're yeah, that's right. That's a, is that a TV? That's it's a TV, TV show about like, superheroes, and but it's, it's like weird. it's super good. Is it really? It's really gory, and it's really like, it definitely will take you out of your comfort zone if you're not into stuff like that, but it's really good. Is it like... Um, it's based off of a comic book. Like I think okay. the comic book origin was like, if superheroes were real, it would be this. And then gotcha. the comic series was wildly popular, and then the Amazon show just blew it up. I feel like, didn't Watchmen do that too? Like, wasn't that kind of the premise there? Like, what Yeah, super- I think the premise of Watchmen in a way was kind of like superheroes with, like people with real power in the real world and like right. the consequences of what that would look like. Because I think Watchmen exist in the DC universe, don't they? Like, they're DC I don't comics? Know. Honestly, I, think I they don't are. know. If I, because I haven't seen the movie, I don't know anything about the comics and I haven't seen the movie in like years. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie since I was a kid. My recollection is something like superheroes have always been real and then like, used superheroes in world yeah, we war used, ii we used dr like manhattan to like win the war or something like that yeah yeah like changed history i don't know super cool concept but regardless um, uh we're not the boys but we're the boys we're your boys we're your boys we're your boys Ma- uh, our mom called us the boys growing up actually she would say that to me talking about my two little brothers matt being one of them she'd always say so you get the boys you, you weren't a boy me and, i don't mean the other brother were the boys i don't know if she made me one of the boys she would always just call you guys the boys to me yeah I don't I know if she, if she called, called other people. She the didn't boys. call you the boys to me. She just said, "Go get SJ or go get your brother." <laughs> go get your brother. Yeah. <laughs> Which actually, with the hand wave. Yeah. That, always. She was the mistress of hand waves. Yeah, she was. Um, this brings up an interesting question. A, a bit of a philosophical debate. Oh of no, dude. Are we getting into that? We're right getting now? into this right now. <laughs> okay. Who is? Because we joke about this a lot. If you guys have seen Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus, which is incredible, absolutely. Um, you're you're obviously familiar and. Uh, games and and just popular Star Wars media recently. You're familiar with the 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 Inquisitors and their naming convention. It's like first through whatever brother and then first through whatever sister. So there's a line in Obi Wan Kenobi where the Grand Inquisitor walks up to Rava on the ground and he's like, "Hello, third sister." And that got memed to hell. Eventually, it just got cut to him walking up and going, "Hello." <laughs> so we do that all the time. All the time. <laughs> and uh, SJ one day was just like, "Hello, first." Wait, hold on. Which one of us is the first brother? Yeah, no, because it said, sparked a debate. Yeah, I said, hello, third brother. And then I was like, wait a minute, dude. You're, so, you're the third son, yeah. but are you the third brother? Just to yeah, just to reiterate, I'm the youngest of three. SJ is the oldest of three. We have a middle brother who we, we love very dearly, but we don't know. Is my my thinking is that our middle brother is the first brother, right. and I am the second brother because you weren't a brother until he was born. Yeah, but then so would that make you the grand brother? <laughs> the grand brother, dude. I dig that actually. You're not the grand inquisitor. <laughs> you're the grand brother. <laughs> oh, and all the times that we've like slammed our head against the wall in this philosophical debate. I just debate, thought of grand brother. You've never right said now. grand brother. I before. thought of it right. That this is very absolutely second. outstanding. Uh, Do you want to be the grand brother? <laughs> <laughs> grand brother. Uh, but if, yeah. we, if we remove the context of grand brother, who is the first brother? Is it you? Because you and our middle brother became brothers at the same time. Yeah. That was a, it, was, it happened. As soon it, as it, it happened. Out, yeah, it was instantaneous. You the second brothers. he began to exist, I was a brother. He so, was a brother. Yeah, the, the, I guess the real question is are you or him the first brother? I think, honestly, if, if we're talking about the real question here, I think both of us. 
in some way are the first brother. And I think that would make you the second brother. Am I brother. the second brother? Or because you guys, uh, is, or maybe, is second brother interchangeable between you two and I am forever the third brother? I don't know. See, that's that, that's the thing. I, I'm, I like, I grand, like brother. grand brother. First brother and first second brother. First brother, second brother. Yeah, yeah I like right. that. Okay, cool. I'm glad that we solved that. <laughs> Years of debate finally, finally solved. <laughs> Years of debate. Uh, a month. <laughs> Yeah, this happened about a month ago, but <laughs> the grand. But it's brother. been plaguing us ever since. It really has. It's, 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 you know, if we if we brought this to the greats like Plato or or you know Aristotle, Socrates, <laughs> they would they would have some input. Yeah, but they'd probably say something like, "Well, what does it even mean to be alive? You're man? a brother, and you have brown hair, and you're also a brother, and you have slightly less brown hair. So we can reason that being brothers does not mean." That you have brown hair. <laughs> it's not the brown hair that makes you brothers. Exactly. It's something else entirely. It's something else entirely. <laughs> have you seen that that meme? It's like um, like houses have windows and so do cars. So it's not the windows that make cars go. It's something else entirely. That, that is absolutely, that's Greek philosophy. Yeah, right I there. love that, that meme so much. It's so great. I just love the, it's something else entirely. <laughs> what is it? What, the makes, brown hair what makes the car go? <laughs> It's not brown hair. That's for damn it's sure. It's not. No, the brown hair does not make us brothers. <laughs> Mostly it's the contempt, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Speaking of contempt, uh, Matt was complaining pretty heavily about something last night. Guys. And uh, all right. Here's the deal. I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm passionate about this. This is, this is my gas station, ladies and gentlemen. We live in the boonies, as we have said, as we have previously stated. We live in, in, in the state that we live in that you will never know. We live in the boonies. And near us... There is but one drive-through. There's two drive-throughs, but there's really only one because the second one is is akin to torturing yourself. So there, there's two options near us. They both suck. They're both horrible. One makes me pee out of my butthole, and the other one tastes like cardboard. That's my hard opinion. That's my hard, hard opinion. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I don't know what your preference is between the two, but man, it sucks because being you know the bachelor lifestyle that we live, our diet consists <laughs> of unnamed energy drink. Frozen pizza, and then these drive-thrus. <laughs> our diet is horrible, ladies and gentlemen. In case you can't tell by our voices or the subject matter of what we talk about, we, you know, we are. If we could subsist off of like Mountain Dew and Doritos, we would. Yeah, I. Both of us work really physically demanding jobs. So, like Matt works in healthcare, and I work in essentially education. And both of our jobs are extremely physically demanding. Yeah. And I think that is the excuse that I use to eat just a garbage diet all the time. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to go work it off immediately. Yeah. Five days a week, I work my booty off. Yeah, so, so like, I'm, I'm moving around for literally 10, 12 hours a day, yeah. and I eat nothing. I mean, I have, I have a pretty healthy breakfast in the morning. Well, see, the, the difference between you and me is you know how to cook. Oh, yeah. I can make hamburger helper. Yeah, I can cook. I also tend to... St- Stick to like I don't know why, but I tend to stick to white meat over red meat, and I, I do watch like protein intake and stuff like that. But then I have drive-through food like three nights a week, and yeah, <laughs> sometimes I, my breakfast is just four waffles with a shitload of peanut butter and syrup, and that's it. Yep, and the peanut bon butter appetit. and syrup gets everywhere. <laughs> no, I I tried for a bit there. I tried to like count calories and and like watch protein intake and stuff like that. 
Oh, and dude, I was that's like, the worst. I was like, oh, we live in the year 2022, 2023. Like, everything is an app. Everything is super easy. So I was trying to find, like, apps that help you, like, track your calorie intake and stuff like that. But they all make you, like, set a goal. Oh, I yeah. just want to track it. I literally just want, without having to do it my damn self, I just want to track it. I just want to be like, this is this many, this is this many at the end of the week. This is where I am. But all of them are like, they ask you like philosophical questions. They're like, how do you perceive yourself? What do you want to be when you grow up? What's your target weight? You know, what do you think about, you know, the, the theory of relativity? And then it's like, set your goal for where you want to be in two months. And it's like, I don't have a goal, man. I just want to track my damn calories. And that's it. Yeah, I've, I've never messed around with tracking calories. I've spent a good chunk of my life trying to be, you know, physically fit. And Well, uh, there's a chunk of your life where you were forced to be physically fit. That's true, but, you know, after I left, I, uh, I made the commitment, like, you know what, I'm going to continue to kind of take care of my body and yada, yada, yada. But, mm-hmm. like I said, now that I work in the, in the career field that I do, it's like I... I almost don't even have to worry about my diet, and I know that's not the right attitude. Yeah, but I don't know. <laughs> now, if it's I was bad, in, dude. if I was in your position, because I would, I would definitely wager that your job is more physically demanding than mine. I, yes. Because like <laughs> I'm, I'm moving around all day. I'm lifting heavy shit every day, and like there, I just are, didn't want to sell you yeah, short. <laughs> there are days that I'm like exhausted, but like I'm not literally like when he says that he is constantly moving for 12 hours he is constantly moving (laughs) i have plenty of times throughout my shift where i can park a seat and then just be like i'm vibing but yeah you can't afford no i I literally cannot so you know i i definitely envy that because with how physically demanding my job is but still less than yours i do use that as an excuse i'm definitely yeah (laughs) i was i was in this the the rougher section because the the department that i work in has multiple like responsibilities and one of them is much more physically demanding than the other and uh, I definitely, on days that I'm working in that department, I'll just be like, I earned this. Yeah. <laughs> I deserve this for myself. I deserve a large curly fry and an Oreo shake. Like, you oh, know I mean? dude, that sounds so good. Sounds so good. I just wanted to throw, I wanted to name drop those two foods because I want everyone to want that now. I want, I want to be, I want to be the villain in this story. Curly fries. <laughs> with the chicken strips. Boots with the fur. Oh. Wow, we oh, really, sorry. We're really culturally diverse today. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> okay, but I just I just wanted to get that off my chest, man. Like, yeah, there's really nothing, there, and it's it's there's like some small like non drive through stuff around, like some Mexican places and some other stuff like that. But it's like yeah. we both. The other thing too is like not only do we both work really physically demanding jobs, we both work really late. So yeah. like. Even if like three other drive-throughs opened up, unless they were twenty-four hour drive-throughs, we're still in the same scenario. Yeah, it really wouldn't matter. Ultimately, we both get home like near midnight. It'd be nice to just have a thick roast beef sandwich place somewhere. Yeah, if only there was a restaurant that sold roast beef sandwiches near where we lived. Man, yeah, I mean, there's there's one, but we we gotta we gotta drive a ways for it. (laughs) It's funny, we'll be out we'll be out running errands, like we'll go to the like we'll go to a store or something, and uh, like find an excuse. We'll 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 be on our way back, and I'll just kind of like look at him, and I'll be like, "Hey, Matt, want a roast beef sandwich?" And he's like, "You're goddamn right, I do." (laughs) And we'll we'll like full on U turn to go get that. Yeah, if if we're even in the general vicinity, we will find an excuse. It's like a pilgrimage for us. So, yeah, it's definitely. I know that they they get a lot of hate, and I think you guys can assume what we're talking about. Yeah. But I, it's my it's my favorite fast food 
best restaurant chain. I wouldn't say it's my favorite fast it's, food. It's restaurant okay. Chain, well, it's up there. It's up there. It's my sure. second favorite. It's in my top three. I'd say my favorite uh, sells chicken, and is notorious for their sauce. And that's all I'll say oh, about that. That's yeah, my gotcha. absolute favorite. I'm not um, a fan personally, but well, you're wrong. I like this game we have to play so that we we don't get sued where we 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 cannot say the names of. Well, these it's businesses. it's less so we don't want to get sued, and more so like we're not sponsored. And if at any point we say a brand name and it makes it into the episode, uh, we're not sponsored by anyone or anything other than like ourselves. Would it be nice if the energy drink company that we're addicted to sponsored us? Fuck yeah. Yeah, dude, I could do with some roast beef right now. I'm just saying. Yeah, hey, um, roast beef people, hit yeah. me up. We have, a, <laughs> we have an email. I don't even know what it is, but we have one. <laughs> anyway. With uh, all of that being said. We are going to jump into our topic for today. Uh, should be pretty interesting because I have, I have some stories to tell alongside the things that I'm going to be talking about, as yeah. usual. Um, but... A- a good old-fashioned top five we're doing a top five this is the first of probably many top fives that we're gonna be doing yeah um so yeah we're gonna be talking about our top five favorite uh quests missions yeah my my list kind of ended up being more in the main quest line category and i believe yours ended up being more in the side quest category or like miscellaneous quest category but no there's really only one on here okay um that would one could be considered like side quest but one is definitely a side quest but i ended up kicking that off my top five anyway the rest of them are main quests but today it's just like it's not necessarily yeah it's not a main quest tier list it's just you know when i sat down to think about what are my favorite top five quests the ones that come to mind are the crazy cinematic really cool awesome ones and that that's usually the main so yeah and uh for me like in the future, maybe we'll do like top five side quests or yeah. top five fetch quests where it's like, oh, I went to oh, get this top gallon five of milk for four out of five or Zelda games. <laughs> um, I will say uh, mine is a hard list. Mine is definitive. Mine is not like this is all I could think of right now. Mine is my f- top five favorite missions mine, of all time. Mine is not definitive. Mine w- will flex and change well, as, as I yeah, as, as I games. remember. Like oh yeah, there was that mission from that game. But these... I'm sure when Dreadwolf and Skyrim come yeah. out, there'll be some there'll be some bangers. But yeah, this as is... of right now, it's definitive. Yeah, I mean. Th- even so, for me, this list isn't defi- definitive. These are just the top five that I thought of immediately. Um, but I'm sure the more the more time goes on, maybe I, I'm like, oh wow, this game I f- completely forgot about. You know, like yeah. it'll probably change. But Did anyone remember breakdown on the Xbox? No, exactly. <laughs> uh, do you want to do? So we have we have our top five, and then we have uh, before we get into our number ones, we'll have a little bit of an honorable mention kind of section. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll... do you want to start with your number five, or do you want me to start with my number five? How do you want to kick it off? Um, I think I have less stories to tell as is usual okay i mean my number five doesn't have much of a story attached to it what's your number five number five (laughs) number five uh my number five is from halo combat evolved Mm -hmm. 343 guilty spark oh absolutely so i have tiny story but i i want to touch on this more at the end of the episode but i have a fascination with the type of mission that sends you into a creepy dark place and then everything goes wrong. Yeah, think like Minds of Moria. Yeah, yeah. we'll get into it at the end of the episode for sure. Um, but yeah, 343 Guilty Spark. Okay. No story attached to that other than, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll talk about it a little yeah. bit. Like, I immediately lied. I have a bit of a story for mine, so. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, no, so I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. Um, I was 
not a fan of Halo when it first came out because all the Everyone cool loved kids it. loved it. And when I say cool kids, I'm going to tell you, in 2002, when Halo Combat Evolved came out, games were not the cool thing to do. Skating was the cool thing to do. Listening to pop punk bands was the cool thing to do. I didn't do either of those things. I was a little gamer boy that listened to grunge from like 96 through the rest of my life because my uh, our dad worked in tech. He worked in a field that had video games all around him. Yeah. So from a young age, it was like not indoctrinated, but it was, you know, it was like it was prevalent. Yeah, it was it was, it was ready in our and available lives. and he he himself enjoyed the video games. And yeah, it was it was it was like bonding. that yeah. just kind of became more. So I'll tell I'll tell a little baby story right here. Okay. When I was when when Halo first came out, I was I want to say in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, somewhere in there. And I was out chatting with one of my little friends and I was. I had big imagination when I was a kid. So I was like making this story with this friend of mine. We were just kind of building the story and we'd draw pictures and like, yeah, and then this happens and then this happens. One of the cool kids, um, we'll just call him Evan. Uh, Ugh. Yeah. I a, know it, Evan. And he's a great dude, but uh, like, I just, I don't know why that made me go, uh, Evan, I love you. If you ever listen to this, I love you, man. I don't know why that made me go, Ugh, but like, he's a great dude. I love him to death. Uh, yeah, no, we'll just call him Evan. Um, yeah. He was one of the... Super cool skater kids with the, the they had like the DC shoes that weren't tied. Yeah, Etnies and DC shoes and like just he was the coolest motherfucker in the world when you're 12. Yeah, and so he was like you know one of the popular kids and stuff. Anyway, my friend and I are sitting there talking and he walked by, and I see him walking by by himself, which was weird because he always he, had he like a posse, a posse right? Yeah. And uh, and I'm like. So we kind of quiet down and then he's like awkwardly getting closer to us. And so I'm telling my friend like, hey, hey, man, let's 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 go move somewhere like this is weird. He's being weird. And then when we're going to grab our stuff and get up, he sits down at the little bench thing with us and he goes, hey, hey, guys. Hey, what are you guys talking about? And in my mind, I'm like, great, here we go. He's just going to get bullied. He's just going to like roast us. Great. And I was like, nothing, Evan. We're not talking about anything. And we had drawn a picture of like a futuristic gun or something that like went with this story we were making. And he's like, well, wait, no, no, wait. What do you guys, what is that, what is that drawing of? Did you guys draw a picture? And at that point, I'm just like, oh, okay, fine. All right. And I was like, yeah, we drew this, this picture. And he looks at it and he's like, that's really cool. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what do you mean it's cool? Are you, are you fucking with us right now? And he's like, he literally, I'm not kidding. He's dude. like looking around like it's a I'm, drug deal. I'm not kidding. He looks around like it's a drug deal and he leans in and he goes, you guys can't tell anybody this. And we're like, oh, whoa, what? Oh, what? Evan's telling us yeah, a secret. Yeah, exactly. Evan's telling us a secret. And he goes, so my older brother got this game and it's so cool. And I'm like, oh, cool. What game? Because I played a lot of video games back then. And he's like, it's it's called Halo, and it's super cool, and you run around and shoot guns and shoot aliens and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, this was a confession that yeah. I couldn't tell a soul. We made like a blood pact that I would not tell anybody that his brother played Halo. Like, yeah. that's how uncool. That's how much his reputation was like. That's how uncool playing video games were. So yeah. I probably didn't play that until, I want to say... Halo 2 had just come out, so it was 0305, somewhere in there. It was the first time that I played Halo, and uh, that mission specifically just 
ripped me. I loved it. Like I said, I'll get yeah. into it more at the end of the episode, but um, yeah, well, that's my number five. I did say little story, and then he proceeded to tell big story. And it's funny, because in my brain, I as soon as I said, I'm not going to tell a story about this, I had the little narrator voice go off in my head. <laughs> yes, and, he is. And that was And a then lie. he told a story. Yeah. <laughs> so my number five, uh, kind of a callback to the first episode, in a way. Uh, my number five is Endgame from Modern Warfare 2. Oh, the very okay. final mission where yeah, you yeah. play as Shepard, or you play as uh, Soap and along with Shepard, and you you chase down. Um, oh my God! You play Soap alongside Shepard, alongside Price. Price. Thank you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna redo it. I, <laughs> Here, my, let me I'm let me try. Names. You play you, as Soap alongside Captain Price yeah, you to kill Shepard. Yes, thank you. Oh my God! <laughs> I got the names so mixed up. You play as Soap <laughs> alongside Captain Price to kill General Shepard. You chase him down to Rust. You throw a knife in his face. Awesome, beautiful. <laughs> the reason it's a bit of a callback, and the reason that there's a little bit of a story involved in this, is because the again the first time I ever played Modern Warfare Two, it really like showed me that characters can have depth in that regard because the characters in Modern Warfare Two. In Call of Duty, the original Modern Warfare trilogy, they did not need to go that hard. They didn't need yeah. to be good, compelling characters. It's Call of Duty, right? Like, who cares? Yeah, and we, we talked about it a little bit in the first yeah, episode. That's or... why Soap is my favorite warrior, specifically from the original trilogy. Yeah, and like they did such a great job. I hate that we have to say original trilogy now when referring uh, to Modern Warfare. OT. Anyway. Yeah, no, but they did such a great job of communicating the character and the traits and the personality without stuffing it down your throat about, like, my wife and my blah, blah, blah. Like, it was just authentically who these people were is what drew you to them. And, like, yeah. Matt, you hit the nail on the head. Like, such deep storytelling that was just wonderful. Yeah, but it was it was super, super emotional because, like, obviously Shepard's betrayal is a, is a meme now and everyone's expecting it from the new trilogy and it kind of already happened in a way spoiler warning warning. this whole episode is a spoiler warning um the the shepherd's betrayal even though it's it's really memed now when you first play the game if you have no idea what anything is it blindsides you so hard i remember like during the whole cutscene where they throw uh ghost and roach into the 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 like the pit and then they light them on fire with the cigar and stuff like that the entire time i was just staring at my tv Mm wide-eyed with my jaw open the whole time i was just completely taken aback and then when it switches to, you know, um, Price and Soap, and then that whole sequence takes place, I think the mission before Endgame is the first uh, Soap and Price mission, and then Endgame. But specifically Endgame, because there's the whole Water Rapids chase, there's the scenery, there's Rust, there's the final fight where you think, like, it really goes at both ways. Like, you think, oh, like, Price is going to get Shepard, and then Soap gets stabbed, and then uh, yeah. Shepard is getting Price. It's a roller coaster, it's, dude. It's a roller coaster, and then, obviously, uh, another reason why I love Endgame so much is because of how masterfully it leads into the introduction of Modern Warfare 3, which, criminally underrated game. Everyone hates Modern Warfare 3. The campaign is incredible. My favorite of the original trilogy. And also, I'll just throw this out there. I think at the end of that mission in Modern Warfare 2 is probably... If we ever do a top five favorite game ending moments, that's my number one. I want to do a top five favorite game introductions. My my favorite game ending moment of all time is the helicopter with uh, I know a place. Duh. And then it just credits roll. Yep. Like, so cool. So, yeah, my number five endgame Modern Warfare 2. Absolutely incredible. Really, like, I know that this is going to sound super contrived and super cheesy, but... Like, really just a masterclass in storytelling. Every single thread that they had laid from the original and Modern Warfare 2 beautifully executed. Like, just incredible. Absolutely incredible. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. That's a really good number five, dude. 
Um, my number four, I guess we'll, we'll just roll right into number four. Yeah, you want to just bounce back yeah, and we'll forth? Yeah, we'll just bounce okay, back and cool. forth. Okay, cool. So my number yeah. four is a little mission from Mass Effect 3. I knew it was going to be on the list, but I thought it was going to be number one. No, no, no. Is it? Is it the one I'm thinking of? Uh, which one are you thinking of? Genophage. Priority to Chanka. Yep. Yes. So this, this hit the list because... I remember, I do remember the first time that I played it without like doing a whole entire lore dump. You're there's this race of people that, wow, I have to do a whole entire no, lore dump. I'm not keep going it, to. Just don't do it. Play Mass Effect 3. <laughs> Play Mass Effect 3. Anyway, there's a point in the mission where it's it's pretty early on where you deploy to Tuchanka and you're rolling. Tuchanka's a planet. You're rolling with all the boys and then some shit goes wrong. The convoy gets kind of sidelined and you get put on foot. And they're like, hey, man, you need to find a way to, to reconnect with us on the other side. Like, the bridge is out. We're all on the other side. You got to figure it out. And you're like, all right, cool. We got it. And it's like, I'll figure it out. I'm Commander Shepard. Yeah, I'm like, look at me. <laughs> I'm the biggest badass in gaming. Like, yeah. yeah, I got it. Uh, so you go through these, yeah. you go into these ancient Krogan ruins, and you are in this, it's like pitch black, and you have a flashlight, and you're looking around in there. And I remember the first time that I ever played that, I went into those little ruins and I was like, dude, this game fucking rules. Like, this is so cool. And you find mm -hmm. the carvings on the yeah, wall. Yeah, the foreshadowing you... of, the, of yeah. the sandworm. Insane. Yeah. Because you, if you don't, if you're just walking through the ruins, you'll never catch it. But if you, if you smell the roses and like look at the cave paintings. Yeah, you see really, the painting of the like, thresher maw. And yeah, you're like, like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Something's about to happen. Yeah, and then there's like there's like lore that comes up about the ancient Krogan, and then eventually zombies? you come out. What zombies? Something like that? No, like, no, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm thinking of. Oh, I'm thinking of the, the random zombies in Uncharted. <laughs> I just blended Uncharted and Mass Effect Three. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, you uh you come out into this opening, and then you fight. A bunch of shit. Anyway, that portion of the mission is what hooked me, and then obviously the end of the mission is like one of one of the most emotional moments in gaming yeah. for me. If well, we so ever do a top like, five yeah, emotional moments, before we get to that though, the 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 uh, the cutscene of the Thresher Maw taking down the Reaper, so insanely, cool. it's like it yeah. like it's, it's like Godzilla so well Mothra levels of fucking awesome, it's dude. So oh well my done, god, dude. but yeah, and then. And then, Morden. yeah, Morden dying at the end. I like, cried. The first time I ever played oh, yeah. Mass Effect 3, I cried. I did, too. Uh, I did, too. And I still, that, that moment still tears me up when I do, like, full-on playthroughs. Especially if you play Mass Effect 2, do all of his loyalty shit, and then immediately jump into Mass Effect 3. Like, it is, it is yeah. absolutely will break you. Every time I start a new playthrough, there's a lot of things that run through my head, but the first one is like, I have to watch Morden die again. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. But... Yeah. yeah, absolutely incredible mission for uh, like gameplay wise. It's fun. Lore wise, you get a lot. And then, mm. you know, big bombastic moments. You get the Thresher Ma taking down the Reaper. You get running underneath a Reaper while it's trying to kill you. Yeah, like, and then and then obviously you cap it all off with a, an incredibly emotional moment that is in and of itself really rewarding and really sets the tone for the next act of the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's my number four. My number four, Fortress Inquisitorious from Jedi Fallen Order. Okay. Two words, Darth Vader. Mm. Um, the boss fight with the second sister is is genuinely really really good. I will say the the setting and the scene. I think Fortress Inquisitorious is the first time you see it. 
I think in Fallen Order, like it, it was never shown, or I think maybe in the Darth Vader comics. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I think in Fallen Order was the first time that Fortress Inquisitorius was ever really kind of prominent. Hmm. Um, the the fight up to uh, the second sister, if you're playing on the hardest difficulty, the fight with the second sister absolutely wrecks you. Like it's it's insanely challenging, super fun. Um, but the reason that this mission sticks out for me so much, and the reason that it's incredible, is because. I think that the games have always done a better job of showing just how absolutely terrifying Darth Vader is. Yeah. Because as soon as he shows up, the object the, the mission objective is um just run away right now. Yeah. If at any point when you are running away from Darth Vader, you turn around, you instantaneously die. Like, it's not even a fight. You don't even get to clash swords with him. He literally just kills you. <laughs> it's horrifying Amazing. the entire time you're running away from darth vader you're like oh crap oh crap oh crap oh it's darth vader oh my god because up until that point cal feels so strong you get through so many obstacles you get through all the inquisitors you get through some crazy stuff like i don't want to spoil the game if you've never played it it's truly incredible um obviously i'm spoiling darth vader but uh you feel so powerful and then he shows up and you feel like a toddler that has yeah. never held a lightsaber before and all the while you're running away, there's like stormtroopers that are shooting at you and they're like, he's going to get you, idiot. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Incredible sequence. And then uh, ending with um, Cal escaping. It's just incredible. I love that mission. Like, I, I don't even remember 90% of the mission before Darth Vader. Like, I remember so many of the missions from Fallen Order. But when I think of that mission, all I can think of is him rising from the smoke. Because, like, <laughs> when you defeat the second sister, you're having this, like, heart-to-heart, -heart and, like, it, it, it zooms in really close on her face, and obviously games are insanely detailed now, so you can see the anger and the fear and all of this stuff, and then you Do just it. hear... You just hear Vader's breather, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. her face just shifting to pure fear is, like... Oh. I have seen that cutscene, but I've never played the game. Yeah, it's insane. I'm so excited for uh, Survivor. I'm so excited for it. Yeah, a lot of people are super stoked for it, dude. I've never it's played literally, the first It's one, literally so. Star Wars Dark Souls, man. It's yeah. it's like Dark Souls-esque combat with the rolling and the dodging and the combo, like the, the timing right, combos right, right. and stuff like that. And Cal Kestis is a genuinely very compelling character. I think he is an incredible character because... I'd have to give this game a whirl. You really should. Cal Kestis, to me, embodies what a Jedi should be. I think like Obi-Wan obviously is like the archetype, but Cal really is. There's no, there's no ambiguity. There's no like, Oh, maybe he'll turn to the dark side. He is just a good person trying to survive. Yeah. And I really dig that. And Cameron Moynihan, insanely talented actor. Um, I would love to see him bring Cal to live action, but uh, number four, Fortress Inquisitorious. Sweet. Top on, three guys. Holy shit. All right. We're in our top three. Uh, so my number three, is uh, from a game we've talked about in great detail, Dragon Age Inquisition. I wonder if your number three is going to be my number two. Oh, interesting. I, is I it? don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, just say it, and then I, my, if, it, if it is my number two, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, just leave, leave it, leave it. My number three, I don't think it is, is Still Waters from Dragon Age oh, Inquisition. Not, but good choice. Good okay. choice. So... Still Waters is the whole, it just encompasses the entire quest line from Crestwood. Mm -hmm. So basically you get sent to this place there a long time ago, a city was flooded basically again. Yeah, we're not trying to do lore dumps, but um, the quest line involves you going to new Crestwood, which is a city talking to the mayor and he's like, yeah, they've taken over this fortress, yada, yada, yada. Basically the objectives that you have are Take the fort back, uh, go through the fort to find a mechanism to dam, dam or like yeah, dam up. to dam a river 
so that you can yeah so to dam a river so that you can go clear old crestwood which was flooded when you go to investigate old crestwood you get sent down into these caves uh and in the caves you proceed through them you fight a bunch of creepy shit and then you get to the bottom there's dwarven ruins at the bottom of the dwarven ruins there is a fade rift that has opened up one of the only three round fade rifts in the game four rounds oh it is four yeah, yeah four I, just, rounds. I remember a nightmare or i remember watching you do it on nightmare well yeah yeah. It was nuts. yeah yeah four rounds um and it's it's a doozy but you close it you go back up the once you exit the uh, the environment changes, so it was like nighttime and rainy in Crestwood before. But once mm. you leave that area, it's now like morning time. It's like it's like sunny and yeah. bright, and I think it's still like slightly overcast, but it's like yeah, sunny it's, and bright and nice. Yeah, but I and then you go back and you find out all, all this shit happened. Um, but yeah. yeah, it's super cool, and I just love the progression of it. I love the feeling of storming Care Bronac. I think is the name yeah, of the fort that like you that. take. I love the feeling of walking up to it, kicking the doors in, beating the shit out of everybody in there, raising, raising the your flag, yeah, and then raising or lowering the dam or whatever it is, and then just the whole trek through the caves. Like it just it hits a lot of like big points for me that I just love in a quest. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number three is 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 a is a pretty obscure pick. I'm gonna say, but it, it's one of the most it's one of the quests in gaming that has stuck with me forever uh and it's rest in peace from saints row 2 nice yes dude johnny gat yes, literally dude. burying a guy alive like that that cut that scene, is a good pick dude. the the cut scene of of the um i'm getting goosebumps just thinking yeah about it. dude <laughs> um the funeral with aisha johnny gat the loudmouth, sarcastic cocky asshole just the darkness that you see in him um the shogo akuji rolling up because I think what gets overlooked a lot is Shogo is a tragic character. Yeah, he, he is. He wants to do good, but he's constantly living in the shadow of his father who prefers random henchmen over his own son, calls his son a failure, says he can't do anything, steps in himself. Like, Shogo is a pretty tragic character, and he was definitely, like, I don't want to say forced into, but, like, his actions are reactionary like he he's definitely reacting to his emotions and he's not thinking clearly so when he rolls up there's definitely an opportunity for like you know like hey let's join forces and let's defeat your father or something like that but johnny gad is just so far gone at that point and shogo similarly is so far gone that like he's just shooting shit up and he's like you took my honor blah 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 and <laughs> the cut scene like the the cemetery fight is pretty standard saints row affair you just run around and shoot shit whatever but that cut scene man yeah johnny gat beating the crap out of him telling him to get up literally punching him through a tombstone like mm-hmm. and then burying him alive i remember when that cutscene ended the game just kind of places you in the cemetery back yeah, in free just, room i just i, I just stood there just for like 30 like, oh. minutes i was like oh <laughs> my god like it it was insane and um i'll talk about it more in the honorable mentions but there's so many quests from saints row 2 that are just like oh my god yeah there's I, one in particular that i'll, I'll say but I, that's what i was getting yeah. ready to say is like no pun intended, but like criminally underrated game. Yeah. All of the quests are so emotionally jarring and just like yeah. so See, well like, done. They they look at like I think the problem was people looked at the the like people are like, oh Saints Row 2 was like crazy. It's like 
Yes, it was, but in the in like the eldritch kind of sense. Like, yeah, Marrow was like insanely strong and super crazy, but it was grounded in reality. Yeah, the Sons of Somebody had crazy voodoo magic, but it was still grounded, grounded in, reality. in reality. Yeah. Yes, um, the Ronin was like all bombastic and, and silly at point. Or actually, I would, I would never mind. Like the Ronin questline was horrendously dark the whole time. But like the thought, the, the, of the like, action is bombastic yeah. and everything is crazy. So everyone was like, "That's what people want." And it's like, no, those moments work. Because of the story. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. regardless, uh, rest in peace. That is, Saints Row 2 is my number three pick. Matt, I was not expecting that at all. That is an incredible pick. Yeah. Um, number two. All right. My number two, you mentioned this franchise earlier, and I got a little butthurt about it because I was like, oh. oh, Uncharted. Yep. Uncharted 3, The Rubal Kali Desert. Yeah. So, yep, yep, yep. Yes, uh, I know, I know I've, I've probably told this story to Matt before. but um, Only 300 times. Okay, cool. Well, 301. <laughs> yep, 301, so, here we go. In Uncharted 3, there is a mission towards the end of the game where actually they took this moment and used it in the, the movie that recently came out. With uh, Thomas Holland? Yeah, uh, whatever his name is. Timothy Holland. Tom, uh, Timothy Chalamet, right? Timothy Chalamet, I don't know. Um, anyway, you are in a cargo plane, and basically you just fight through the cargo plane, and then the mission ends with you getting ejected from the plane and there is a moment where you're just so you're flying over the Rubalkali desert which is like a vast desert that is enormous and is just sand dunes and the entire game sets up this desert and they say like yeah it's like 300 miles across there's nothing there like there is nothing there just sand and there's a moment when you're you like fight out of this cargo plane you get flung out and then i believe you kind of like cling on to a box that's got a parachute on it and the action leading up to that moment is so like bombastic and big. And then the game does such a phenomenal job of all of the action just drops off and then it's nothing. And you're just descending down and the game lets you look around and you can like move can the camera see how screwed you are and you can just see nothing but desert any way you turn the camera. And in my mind, I remember the first time I did that, I was like, okay, this is one of those sequences where like he wakes up and it's a dream and like, like, or this like isn't he real. hits the ground, falls asleep, and then wakes up in a village, and they're like, "We found you in the desert," which happens. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, I just remember in that moment, I was like, "Dude, this is nuts! This is wild! Like, I'm really about to have to play this game and wander <laughs> through a desert." And I had that thought, and then immediately I was like, "No, no, no! I'm gonna pass out and wake up, and some tribe is gonna have found me." And then immediately the next mission called the Rubal Kali, you Walking just wander simulator. through the desert. Walking you wander simulator. through the desert until you start hallucinating and lose your mind. And like you start hearing voices and literally the whole mission is just wandering through the desert, getting dehydrated, hallucinating. You see mirages, you hear the voices of your friends, um, but the game forces you to play through that. And mm -hmm. then at the end of that, you you find this thing. And of course, you know, cognitive dissonance like they're. You're super dehydrated. There's no way that it's going to be physically possible for you to be able to fight through anything after going through all that. But uh, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, at the end of that mission, you do find somewhere and then you kind of fight through it. And then the yeah. native tribe finds you. But, but I love that they make you go through that. Yeah. And that was that was a huge moment for me because it was it was such a narrative thing that I just wasn't expecting in a game. That's all about big bombastic set pieces and blowing shit up and running around and being this super cool guy. And then all of a sudden you're helpless mm -hmm. and you truly feel helpless in that moment. You're like, where is this going? Like, yeah. What is happening? So 
My number two has a moment similar to that. Uh, cool. My number two, SJ probably sees this coming from a mile away. Uh, a little little mission okay. called In Your Heart Shall yeah. Burn from Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah. And I mean all of it. From the second you close the breach to the second you arrive in Skyhold. Yeah, yeah. That entire sequence. Um, that's one of the things I love about missions in, in Inquisition, man, is they're long. Like, In Your Heart Shall Burn is not like an objective. It's literally close the breach to the point you get to Skyhold. It's all of that. Um, and there's just so many standout moments. The absolute dread you feel when you see the army, whether it's the Templars yeah, or whatever. That you whole see them sequence was when well they're done. marching down the mountain to Haven and they're, and and they're like, Corypheus is here, the Archdemon is here. We'll get to the trebuchets, like, I don't know, like, there's, it's just such sheer panic. Um, the defending the trebuchet missions um, are, are, I think it's not, like, it can be seen as, like, kind of cheap because it's literally just, like, stand here, press this button, fight thing, but, like, just the dread and the atmosphere make it uh, Yeah, feel there's good. a lot of suspense there. Um, shooting the trebuchets, thinking you're going to win and then immediately losing. Uh, a standout moment for me is um, Chancellor Roderick's sort of redemption. Yeah. Because uh, Chancellor Roderick is such a prick, and then all of a sudden he's like, he, that moment shows you who he truly is. Like, obviously he says a lot of horrible things, and he hates you and blah, 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 but at the end of the day, he is a man that truly wants to help. And in, in my opinion, from a storytelling perspective, that moment was about showing to the player the shift from what everybody thinks the Chantry is to what the Chantry actually is. Because up yeah. to that point, he's portraying this like, no, Andraste, blah, 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 fuck you, I'm right. But in that moment, he shifts to like, okay, this is what the Chantry is about. This is what yeah. this religion I, is about. Chancellor Roderick is one of my favorite characters, and you, I believe you like... Either you just see him dead or you actually like hear his last breath uh, in one of the later cutscenes. But either way, like... Yeah. When it pans down to his body, it hurt. It like fiz I was upset. Yeah, you're like, oh. Um, the con confrontation with Corypheus was insanely mm -hmm. cool. Um, and then also super incredible like D and D esque moment where you like take the sword and you're like, not today, not motherfucker. Today, if you cut yeah. the line, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's incredible. And then obviously. Similarly to to your pick, my favorite moment, one of uh, every moment, yes. is my favorite moment, when the game makes you walk through the valley. Yeah, very you, similar. I I love it. Like it's just something about how they like make you sit with the fact that you failed yeah, because yeah. you failed. In your yeah. heart shall burn ends with you failing. Yeah. Um, and it makes you live with that, and you and don't know if anybody survived. You like, have no yeah, idea. You're just like you're just oh. wandering. <laughs> it's like a good like forty five seconds to a minute of walking before it like fades into oh, the next. Oh, it's longer section. than that. It's about three and a half hours of walking. Yeah, it's so painful. Uh, and then you hear Colin and uh, Cassandra like, yeah, oh, oh, there they are. Is. The the um the the song sequence. I don't remember the name of the song off the cuff, which I'm surprised that I don't because I listen to it on Spotify. Like literally, I'll just listen to it. Um, the dawn will come. There it is. Uh, that sequence, incredibly moving. Normally when like video game characters start singing, I just skip past it. But that, mo <laughs> that moment is in... Fuck all that yeah. singing and shit. <laughs> yeah, literally. No, but that moment is incredible. <laughs> that That is such a display of powerful unity. And like, like I, I can't describe why that scene moves me so much. But if you, it's powerful, if dude. you watch that cut scene, you'll, you'll understand. Um, it's insane. I'm, I'm, glad then, you, I'm glad you touched on that real quick. I just want to say, because I remember when I played that mission the first time, they start singing. Yeah, Mother Giselle starts singing first. And they Liliana start singing, and, then... and I remember in that moment thinking, Ugh. oh, God, they're singing. Like, oh, they're trying to rip off Lord of the Rings. It's so cute. And then, like, halfway through the song, I'm like, 
Oh, okay. All right. So they, they did that well. Good job. Yep. <laughs> um, and then what I consider and what SJ also, if we ever do a top five moments in gaming, this is going to be in top three. Easy. Journey to Skyhold. Solus, uh, very, 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 very heavy spoilers. Very heavy spoilers. Like, seriously, sincerely. Uh, when you find out that Solus is the Dreadwolf, all of the crap that he says and does just starts to become really yeah, crazy. Clicks. Uh, but his monologue as you're journeying to Skyhold, his knowledge of Skyhold, like that whole sequence, incredible. The music. Journey. Do, do yourself a favor. Go on Spotify and listen to Journey to Skyhold by Trevor Morris. Um, the, the billowing like crescendo into the impact as the camera pans over to Skyhold. Solus's monologue, like the, the imagery of the Inquisitor leading his people or their people. Insanely powerful. Insanely like the end of like such such an emo- emotional coaster. You go from yeah. feeling like you failed to feeling like you have a chance to feeling hopeful to feeling like you failed, and then it ends with you finding Skyhold. And at the end of that cutscene, you're like, "Let's go kick Corypheus's fucking teeth in right yeah. now, dude." For sure. Yeah, it pumps you up, man. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, so and then being crowned the Inquisitor with the sword and all that. There's a lot of interesting dialogue there, depending on class and race. Dude, you're making me want to go play Inquisition. Yeah, as no, soon as we finish. In this. your heart <laughs> shall burn. Incredible. Yeah. Um. Before we get to our number one, honorable yes. mentions. Um, I'd like to to kick off the honorable mentions if you if you don't mind. Yeah, that's totally cool. That's um, totally cool. So we, I brought this up earlier today. I told Matt I was like, dude, I have six, and it's gonna be really hard for me to just keep it contained. And I was like, I really do want to talk about my sixth. Can we just do an honorable mention? He was like, yeah, absolutely. And I just want to let you guys know he did not prepare this at all. This is completely off the cuff, and he just immediately was like, oh yeah, I know what my honorable mention is. So. My guess is that this is a really important kind of mission to Matt, so I'm interested it's, to see it's, what this it's is. It's less of a mission and more of a portion of a mission. Okay. Objective right. survive. Halo uh, Reach. Okay. All right. Yeah. Watching Noble Six fight to the death. That is a good call, man. Insanely powerful. Like Noble Six is like it's heavily implied in the lore, like Master Chief levels of just absolutely insane. Yes. Combat power, like just the just like Master Chief level Spartan to watch him fight to death. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. It was insane. It was a good pick. Yeah. Didn't uh, see and that then, coming. Um, another really quick honorable mention. I know I'm doing two, but uh That's all right. I believe it's called Going Dark. It's Technically the, mine is two, yeah. so I believe it's called Going Dark. It's the CQB mission from Modern Warfare twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. That mission insanely okay. well done. Cool. Insanely well done. So those are my those are my two biggest honorable mentions is Objective Survive and Going Dark. Nice. Technically, I have two honorable mentions. Okay, cool. Go for it. So, all right. Mine are from another game we've talked at at length, Skyrim. Um, it's a mission that you don't run t- run into unless you go to Markarth. But as soon as you walk into oh. the doors of Markarth, you're just assaulted by this quest. But if you see assaulted it Assaulted is a really good word. If you see it through, it's a really, really cool little story. Um, and yes, definite spoilers if you haven't played it, but... The names of the quests, because it's it's a twofer, the Forsworn Conspiracy, and then No One Escapes Sidna Mine. So basically the quest line is somebody gets murdered and you investigate, like, what happened there? Why did this happen? Who did this? Yeah. Basically, the whole process of the investigation was, like, super interesting to me. I love that yeah. aspect of it. And then you find out what's going on. And, and there's the game this, rips the rug out from under And you. there's this corrupt, like... You know, politics thing where they're like, hey, uh, actually, we're going to arrest you and send you to this prison. All I'm going to say, Ennis deserved better. <laughs> Ennis deserved better. And, uh, 
And so you get sent to this prison where, you know, you hear a lot about no one escapes Sid in a mine. And guess, would you guess it? You escape Sid in a mine. You have to escape Sid in a mine. You meet the man that is equally responsible for starting the Civil War. The man that Ulfric Stormcloak put into prison, Mononok himself, during yeah. the during the Markarth incident. Yeah, we talked about him in episode three yeah. a little bit, I believe. Mononok is um, very important to the Civil War, but yeah, unironically. I love- I love the investigation. I love that. I love the politics and the twisted, like, I love the corruption that gets you in Sid Mine. And then the whole Sid Mine sequence, you do some prison politics. Yeah. And then. You shivs some people. Yeah. And then I love that you have to escape through these, like, Dwemer ruins, these dwarven ruins, mm-hmm. where, again, hey, guess what? Dark, creepy, closed in. You have to figure your way, figure your way out. Yeah. Um, I love it. Love it. Um, I'm so sorry. I have one more honorable mention. Okay. Red Asphalt, Saints Row 2. I don't, need, I don't need to say anything else. Okay. You know, you know what that mission is, right? Yeah, that's where Carlos gets dragged on his face. Yep. And all of his body. Yep, that mission, insanely powerful. I, I, I only wanted to say it because when I was talking about um, Rest in Peace, I had mentioned another mission, blah, blah, blah. It's Red Asphalt, that mission, yeah. insane, putting Carlos out of his misery. Rest in peace. Yeah, he that deserved, was rough. He deserved better. That was rough. It was so hard. I'm glad that the game didn't have a quick time event for you to pull the trigger because I would have been, I would have been on that screen for an hour and a half. <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, nah. <laughs> All right, but with that being said, it's number one time, and um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Okay. I don't think I know what your number. I have a feeling you don't you don't know what my number one is. You probably know the game. I'm uh, I have a feeling it's Mass Effect. You know the game. Um, Cool. I will preface my number one by saying it's less of the gameplay, but the implication. It's it's more of what this did for me. Oh, now Matt, one hundred percent knows where I'm going. Um, Yes. Do you have any prefacing you need to do about yours before we jump right into our number ones? Um, I'm sorry that I'm gonna make you think about how sad this is again. Okay. All right. That's fair. <laughs> that's, that's my preface. But my number one. Sorry, you have to relive this. <laughs> my number one is going to require a bit of storytelling. When I was 11 years old, like I said, my dad worked in uh, in tech. When I was 11 years old, he comes home one day and uh, he's hanging out with me as fathers do with their 11 year old kids. And he's telling me about his day at work and he's playing this game with these guys. And he's like, yeah, and I've been playing this game with all my friends lately. And I'm like, oh, what game, dad? What is it? And he's like, it's called Unreal Tournament. And I was like, oh, that that sounds I don't for some reason. I remember thinking, oh, I don't I don't think I'd like that. It sounded like a fighting game or something. And I liked adventures. Right. And he's like, no, no, no. It's a really cool game because I immediately like kind of trash talked it to him. I was like, oh, OK, well, you have fun with that, dad. <laughs> and he was like, no, no, no. I, I think you'd like it. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's OK. And he's like, it's a really cool game. You can run around, he said, and these is, this is an exact quote, he said, you can run around as an alien cow and shoot goo at people. And that- That's what hooked you. Hooked me. That was it, man. I was like, dad, what? What? <laughs> Hang on. What? Can I go to this church oh, no, no. right now? You can run around in an alien cow in a futuristic city and shoot goo at people, yeah. is what he said. And I was like, no way, dad. Set me up. And he pulls the game up, and then I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. I want to be. I want to be the cow. And he's like, oh, okay, well, and he pulls up the player setup, and I'm like, oh, cool, I'm an alien cow, what the heck? And then he's like, what level do you want to do? And I was like, you said futuristic city, put me in a city, and I want to shoot goo at people. And he's like, all right, and that was the start of my love story with the Unreal franchise. Um, So, from there, I only knew about Unreal Tournament. I did not know there was any other game. So, I played Unreal Tournament for about a year whenever my dad would let me, and it was, as corny as this is, truly a life-changing thing for me. Um, But eventually, I was messing around with the install discs that he had, and one of them just said Unreal. Yep. 
and I installed all of the others because there's, you know, there's game of the year edition, there's uh, mission packs and stuff like that. One of them just said unreal. And I asked my dad, I was like, what is this? And he was like, oh no, that's just the game that's already installed. And I was like, oh, okay, well let me see. And so I put the disc in and he's like, no, 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 don't do that. That's just the unreal tournament game. Like you're going to mess it up if you try to install it again. And me being me, I'm like, nah, I don't care. <laughs> so I put it in and it's a different logo for the icon. And I was like, oh, hang on, what is this? So I install it and I'm like, okay, what is this? this is different? And I go to play it and I start and the game opens up with you waking up, coming to consciousness on board a crashed prison transport ship. And I remember thinking, this isn't this isn't this like ain't a tournament. tournament. This ain't like we're yeah. not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, we're not in Kansas anymore. This is not a tournament. This is not like a this run is not around a tournament. In, I'm not fighting blue team right now. Like what is going on? And I wander through this ship, right? And basically it's it's a really there's a lot of like horror elements to this mission. Yeah, it's insanely atmospheric for a game of its time. It's atmospheric and I remember wandering through the ship thinking, "What?" is this and i truly felt like i was in a place that i did not understand because of like the setup behind it right because i was expecting unreal tournament and i got wandering through a crashed prison ship shit's exploding all around you there's lights swinging there's aliens i don't get yeah and from, then, from the very beginning the scar is like yeah, stalking you they make it terrifying that moment is terrifying and yeah. then you escape the ship which took me forever when i was uh, i must have been 11 or 12 and i didn't know what was coming right and at the time i was used to a lot of unreal tournaments indoor arenas where you're fighting in these like foundries these these factories and shit right yeah you drop and so that's the feeling that i got from being in this crashed prison ship is oh it's dark it's you know it's claustrophobic i exit or i get to i beat that level and the next level starts you kind of dropping down a hatch and i'm like oh it's a little bit brighter okay and you wander through these vents well you don't wander. it's like it's, a, straight it's a pretty line. straight path yeah. it's there's one turn but you go through these vents and then you are hit with boom insanely alien planet yeah um, this Open level is bright blue this level is called Nileves falls and you exit the prison ship and you just see alien landscape it's bright the sky is weird the grass is off color. The mountains are different. Like, it's very unsettling. And then you walk out of the ship, and I remember turning around, and dude, I've goosebumps. Like, yeah. so many goosebumps right now. I remember walking out of the ship, turning around, looking at the ship, and in that moment, you see the husk of this crashed ship. And in that moment, I was like, oh my god, this game's gonna fucking rule. And it ruled. This it absolutely religion. ruled. <laughs> and then it did. And that was, yeah, that that's definitely my number one is just that moment for me in my own life. The level itself, super right. cool. You wander through, you find like some, you find some dead bodies, you read their logs, you, there's some caves you go in, yada, yada, yada. It's a cool level, but it was the moment specifically that like really set me up. Okay. My number one, SJ knows this. It's a little mission called Red Dead Redemption ah, from yes. a little game called Red Dead Redemption 2. Ah, yes. What is there to say? I started Red Dead Redemption 2 in a super passive aggressive way, man. Okay. I was like, there is no goddamn way they are going to make me care about anyone more Other than, than john marston okay no okay. way who's this arthur dude the, the trailer was a little weird i was like whatever i don't care i know that at some point in this game i'm gonna get to play as john marston so i'm just gonna get there and within 30 minutes i was like arthur morgan 
is my favorite video game character of all time. <laughs> Roger Clark yeah. is a phenomenal actor. In every video game should have Roger Clark. You know how like Easy you know girl. how like every like anime or cartoon or whatever has like the same like 30 voice actors like yeah. every game ever is gonna have freddie prince jr somewhere in it <laughs> roger clark needs to be in every video game he is just he is a he is an actor man um but yeah no arthur morgan i i hold to this um take it for what you will i solemnly believe that arthur morgan is the greatest video game character ever created and i know that's i know that's a really definitive harsh statement but i i truly believe that mm-hmm. his journey throughout the game especially if you cuz i've played it like all kinds of different ways but like full honor arthur morgan insane and then there's so many moments throughout the game like one of the standout moments for me that really made me fall in love with arthur even more is uh the i'm afraid scene at the train station yeah the 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 mocap the the fear in his eyes roger clark's performance incredible all culminating in red dead redemption the ride to the mountain with unshaken uh playing in the background the confrontation with micah the camp being set on fire all this crazy stuff culminating in um the decision to be made and the decision that i make every time because it's the right decision you you skipped my favorite part of that mission you glossed right over what's your favorite part of the mission the when you talk to john and you send him away yeah, yo, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm, I'm, t- I'm getting to the point where, like, you go, you go up oh, the mountain. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, yeah. uh. No, the decision that I make is you go up the mountain got to you, cover you, his you. escape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the fight with Micah, the just all out, like, you you know that Arthur's going to lose, man. And that's, yeah. that's so, he's fighting. And you know that Arthur knows it. <laughs> yeah, but he's fighting so hard to give John a chance. Yeah. Um, it's beautiful. The fight with Micah. Micah is one of the best video game villains of all time. I fucking hate that rat bastard, and that's exactly what they wanted. Yeah, and th- that dude's voice actor, um, freaking well yeah. done. Um, Dutch, Dutch is like final like his realization in that moment like obviously he still teams up with micah towards the end but he knows but his realization in that moment of like everything that has happened is because of his leadership you know what i mean and he walks away and the the scene that gets me and the scene that gets everybody but you know if you pay attention um if if you really pay attention to the cutscenes and the iconography of the game in a full-on run you know that the the motif of the deer is everywhere the deer kind of symbolizes high honor Arthur and the wolf symbolizes low honor Arthur. Um, earlier in the game, I think in literally the first act, when you're sitting around the camp, Arthur says, uh, like someone asks him how he wants to die. And he says to face him west so that he can see the sunset one more time. And when he dies, he faces east watching the sun rise, which is incredibly poetic. And uh, Unshaken starts playing again, which is when I started crying. And then it shows the deer. And then you hear Arthur take his last breath. Mm. And that is one of the most, I'm literally like almost tearing up right now. That is one of the most. Yeah, he's choking up. Is one of the most incredible video game deaths of all time. The, the, the right way to do a video game death. Agreed. A beautiful send off. Just the scenery, the music, literally hearing Roger Clark as Arthur Morgan take his last breath. His entire redemption arc, like from the moment he gets diagnosed with uh, TB, he just starts this hell bent path to like make up for everything that he's done. Um, and just an incredible video game character, an incredible game. Say what you will about Rockstar's kind of outdated game design, but man, 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 yeah, just incredible mission, incredible game, incredible character. When in the epilogue, when you start playing as John Marston, I was like, I want Arthur Morgan back. 
Where'd Arthur Morgan yeah. go? Like I was literally, like, it's the exact opposite of how he started how the game. Started it. Yeah. I was like, no, bring, I want Arthur back. That's awesome, dude. I love that. I uh, I wasn't expecting it until I heard you say the word red, and then I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know where this is going. Yep. Wow. Um. So yeah. Um. Just to kind of quick recap, my 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 top five list is um, Endgame from Modern Warfare Two, Fortress Inquisitorius from Jedi Fallen Order. Rest in peace from Saints Row 2, In Your Heart Shall Burn from Dragon Age Inquisition, and Red Dead Redemption from Red Dead Redemption 2. Outstanding. Uh, and then mine, Halo 343 Guilty Spark, number five. Number four, Mass Effect 3, Priority to Chanka. Number three, Dragon Age Inquisition, Still Waters. Number two, Uncharted 3, The Ruble Kali. And number one, Unreal, Nileves Falls. Thank you guys so much for listening. I um, think I sorry. I think the energy just shifted a little because both of us are like almost in tears after thinking about Arthur Morgan. Yeah, no, so, I'm, uh, I'm a little bummed. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Thanks. No, um, yeah, no, um, yeah, no. Seriously, super emotional moment. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. Yeah, um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, let us know if you guys have a top five. Uh, or yes. if you agree with our top fives, or if you would reorder our top fives, just just throw us some some damn good missions, and and of course we'll we'll read them. I think uh, we definitely have a lot of top fives that we want to do. Like this episode alone generated like three top fives. That we <laughs> right. Do. So yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for interacting. Yeah, I'm not sure what we're talking about in next week's episode. Uh, Matt and I have about three or four different things that we're going to choose from. We're just not settled on which yeah. one of those it is. The, the problem is we have a lot of things that we want to do, but we have to decide on yeah, something. Yeah, we have so <laughs> much content set up for you guys. Yeah. Um, I think we probably have the next 10 episodes planned out. It's just the order in which we want to do those. Mm -hmm. And then every episode we're coming up with more content. So um, you guys freaking rule. Thank you guys for supporting us. Um, I actually have uh, something that I want to read from a community interaction that we had. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, Big Sprite sent us, sent me personally, DM'd me a message, uh, doing a little bit of a call out on Matt. Oh, no. He says, Hey, love the podcast, love the gas station start. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are big fans of the gas station. Yeah, Thank the you Chronicles. guys. <laughs> and then he said, There was one point where Matt wanted you to name a wizard with a sword. He says, and I quote, Bruh. Harry Potter used a sword, and Neville at the end of the books pulled a sword out of the sorting hat. And I just wanted to hear your live reaction to that, Matt. No. No. They are not wizards who use swords. They are wizards that had a sword in that moment. If Harry Potter had a... If he was slanging steel for the entire seven movies, then yeah, Harry Potter is a wizard with a sword. But just because he used this... I will say it is the sword of Godric Gryffindor. So maybe Godric Gryffindor, yes, but Harry Ooh, and Neville, no. Okay. Harry and Neville literally just pulled the sword from the sorting hat and used it in one moment. <laughs> that, that does not make them wizards with swords. That makes them wizards that used a sword in that moment. They were not slanging steel for slang seven books. Steel. You're wrong, Big Sprite. I love you. You can roast me in the Discord server when this episode goes live. Steel. I love you, man. You're great, but you're wrong. Like, no, they used a sword in one moment. They did not have a sword for all seven books can we can we can we please put a new role for me on discord that just slang and steal yes sj canonically slang steel dude oh my god uh, okay. but yeah no thank you for the comment big sprite but you're wrong <laughs> thank you so much guys we really appreciate you listening um and thank you for the interaction you've done uh, I, I, there was one other thing that I wanted to read from user Recursor. 
He said, hey, I'm not sure if y'all are just going to focus on wizard, wizard and sword combat stuff, um, but you should do an episode on stuff like Unreal and mm-hmm. uh, PC FPS games sometimes. Maybe talk about how Unreal went from a game series to being a game engine. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, we, we both have a very large soft spot in our hearts for fantasy, but as you saw from our top five list, like... For sure. Yeah, uh, we're all over the place. So I would love to do a sci-fi episode. We did Mage Warrior Rogue. We can do like kind of a, a sci-fi yeah, for sure. special. Yeah, um, that's that's actually on the list that I have like a little admin list of oh, nice. episode ideas. I have like the sci-fi episode, but I like I like Recursor's idea. They're yeah. just like Unreal. shooters, FPS shooters, you know? Uh, and I talked, obviously I talked about Unreal today, yeah. but I could tell you Un- guys. Unreal Gold started it really like obviously you know doom and wolfenstein and all that but i i genuinely feel like modern shooters the way that we know them now really started with unreal and unreal tournament i think yeah i think unreal tournament impacted absolutely everything that's like a a lot of halo uh multiplayer took inspiration from ut Um, that's a that's a topic for another day for sure but um but yeah i could tell i could talk about unreal and the stories and the shenanigans i used to get up to if you guys listen if you guys want an unreal podcast it's going to be or an unreal episode it's going to be an hour and 10 minutes of sj talking with me going "Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm." no 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 i have nothing to add to this conversation (laughs) he is mr unreal Yeah, it would be like if we did a Devil May Cry podcast. Like, it would be an oh, hour and a half of me going... Can we do a Devil yeah. May Cry oh, episode? Okay. Can we do a Devil May Cry episode? <laughs> oh, it's so good. We got a lot in Dude, store for oh you guys. Dude, oh my god. Honorable mention, uh, the, the final sequence of Devil May Cry 5. Oh my god. I, I was I literally didn't even think about Devil May Cry. I was shocked that Devil you May did Cry not... Devil May Cry 3, Dante and Virgil fighting on the tower. Oh my god. All right, he's, he's losing I'm it. A I fool. can't even say a sentence I'm a without fool. him losing his Guys, right I now. want to apologize. Uh, all of Devil May Cry, number one. Oh my god. Okay, so there you have it. Matt's top five is complete horse shit. Uh, thank <laughs> no, you very no. much. Devil, Devil May Cry, if I, I could probably put it on the list somewhere. I didn't even think about it, man. Incredible games. Obviously weird and like crazy and bombastic and silly, but just so good. I was shocked that, that didn't there. make your top five. Like, I'm that, not, that, I'm that's, still, I was preparing for that the whole time. No, I'm still I'm still super confident in my top five, but I would say if I had like a top ten, Devil May Cry like okay. would be like three of the top ten for sure. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Uh, we are 10 points of slashing. I'm SJ. Mm, I'm. Oh, he's going to think about this. I'm. Jip. Uh, thank you for listening to our dip. <coughs> that was, dude, that was the worst. I one. love the, I love the. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst one. <laughs> it's guys. It's only downhill from here. <laughs>